Hello and welcome. It's uh, like a podcast of Lotus Eaters. Anyway, joined by Harry. Hi. Wednesday, my dudes. Oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? I kind of want to purposely make these intros as bad as possible and just see how far I can get away with it before Carl shoots me. For, for... <laughs> Probably get away with a lot, to be honest. <laughs> anyway, no, I just, anyway. I gotta say, anyway, five more times. I'll make it better. But today, we have a good show. We have very good news. The Lord has returned. The King of Kabul is back. The Lord of Kabul. He is not the king. Don't you take that from the Taliban. That's oh, sorry. <laughs> Terrible of me. This podcast supports that. No, we don't. No, that's, that's, hey. Let's not get into that territory already. No, no, that's that's just a joke. But anyway, Lord Miles is back. So uh, we're going to be talking about that. The Lord of Kabul has returned. Uh, the fact that things don't work anymore. And uh, diversity is diverse. It's, uh, it's a big shock to a lot of people. The terrible news. Ugh. Yeah. Sorry, it was a delayed reaction. <laughs> so we'll, we'll check that out. But before I uh, begin, I have an announcement to make, which uh, is that there's a lads hour, I think, tomorrow. At it, is, it is tomorrow. It's not, you think they happen every Thursday. I, I don't know about that. What, are you going to change it? What are you going to do about it? I'm going to, yeah, maybe change it. I'll insist it's a Friday thing. I'd like to see you try. It's, uh, it's, it's the Gold Deer Zoom call is now lads hour. That's where well, it's really at. I know Dan re really wants it to be on a Monday or Tuesday because he's... Oh, God, why? Because he, because Dan isn't in otherwise, so he doesn't. He uh, really wants to be in a lads' hour, presumably so that he can rank women or something. That sounds like a good lads' hour. It does. It? It, it does sound like a decent lads' hour. J.K. Rowling, Emma Watson. I mean, who's winning these days? That's... Do you know want to do that? We get in so much trouble. It'd be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but there's lads' hour tomorrow. That's uh, less. Um, um, well, I suppose going to get a shot. So do come and check it out. It's the British City Tier List lads' hour. We're going to be ranking British cities, and um, I suppose including those that ain't. So, go and check that out. That's, that's tomorrow at 3 p.m. UK time. Otherwise, we shall begin with the news, because it is news time. Lord Miles has returned. He is back amongst us, amongst the West, for a whole um, three weeks. Until he goes back. Yeah, apparently. I mean, that's what he said. <laughs> of, uh, He's pref he, he said, and you'll understand this context as we go further in, he prefers uh, Afghan Callum to English Callum. I think a lot of people do, to be fair. Oh. So. What, even you? Well, I literally got some random guy come up to me and said, I love you. That's, that's pretty. I never had that here. Yeah, so. no, I'm not talking about like, like you in Afghanistan. I mean oh. the guy who is just you, but Afghanistani. Oh, oh well, yeah, there's a few of them. They're pretty cool. They're, they're <laughs> nice guys. All right, but for people who don't know, Lord Miles, I mean, he disappeared off the face of the earth. Because he was uh, detained by the Taliban. I'm not going to get into all the details because that's for him to reveal. That's his whole uh, uh, situation. So I'm going to be talking about what's publicly available. But now there is a lot more publicly available. I, I, people have noticed I've not been talking about the fact he disappeared because I was under orders not to. And now he's back. We can do something about Although it. Although you had repeatedly said in the recent weeks leading up to this that, by the way, he's alive. By the way, yes. he, he is alive. And you kept saying this. And then Rorek Nationalist and other people when I have received video and, uh, and audio and all the confirmation that you need to say he's alive. And I saw so many accounts on Twitter going, he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. His friends are saying he's alive. That must mean he's dead. Speaking of that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tile this segment, Lord Miles Never Dies, which I'm well aware will age terribly at some point. Maybe soon. Who knows? Lord <laughs> Miles. It's, it's just a bit, of a, a bit of a funny character. I mean, he knows. You know, there's risk reward and high risk, high reward. When's, when's he getting captured by Hamas? Um, I did ask that, him. I mean, because surely he's got a list of terrorist organizations he wants <laughs> no. to be caught by. No, because the Taliban aren't a terrorist organization. Oh, sorry. That's yeah. the thing. Well, I mean, Hamas would be the first in that case. He, Lord Miles has nothing to do with terrorism. He was never engaged with terrorists. He only hangs out with people who are off the prescription list. Yes. So there we are. 
Let's let's make that legally clear. <laughs> so people who don't know, you can go and check out. I did an interview with Lord Miles ages ago. This is this is this is that where you can go and see it. We talk about dark tourism. In comparison to the recent photos, he's got such a baby face here, doesn't he? It, Afghan ages you in a way that's unnatural. So there's that. But if you don't want to go check that out, uh, I suppose we'll jump into the news, which is that there's you know. Four British men have been freed after an Afghan detention. The BBC reports here. That's not Miles. Uh, he's aged quite a bit. Oh no! <laughs> no, I'm joking. That's um, that's um, uh, I, I don't know if his name's being used publicly in the media, so I won't. But that's someone who is a good guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad he's back as well. And, You've spoken to him. Uh, I haven't been able to speak to him since they've been back. Oh right, because uh, just don't have his phone number on me. So I, I had a, whatever. I'm not going to get into that. But the the other guys who are back as well, I'm very glad they're back. And if they're watching, you know, fantastic news, chaps. It, it's good to see yeah. you again back in the West. So there's that. And um, well, you know, Miles aging aside, there is uh, some news in this that was interesting. I did see a lot of the responses, which is like, you know, we'll talk about Miles because Miles is the, uh, well, every the single guy. person was shocked that he's still alive. <laughs> Once again, after a few weeks now, if not a month or two of you, Nuance Pro, Raw Egg Nationalist, everyone saying, by the way, he's not dead. We've spoken to him. I've received evidence he's alive. And a lot of people were like, nah, he's still dead. I'm like, what, what is the there was a one point, I can't remember which guy it was. Some fair. guy was insisting that because Miles put out that he needed money because, you know, um, being detained is not cheap, weirdly enough. That he was uh, being used as some kind of funnel for money to the Taliban? No, someone was saying that the, um, the Taliban, me, and a bunch of other influencers all got together to harvest money off his dead corpse through his Patreon. I was just like, that's an insane... Right, because you were... To be fair, this was only like a couple of guys, but it was just like, what the hell is wrong with I'm some people to, on the I'm internet? trying to think of the logic of this. So you're friends with Miles, and in this scenario... Yeah, I went, I'm going to kill your, Miles. Your friend has been <laughs> murdered by the Taliban, and you've decided, you know what? Taliban, kind of kind of a gross move, but we could make some money from... We this. made some great videos. We could make some great money as well. That's, <laughs> that's No, that's not... I don't know, it, it, have you seen the Scarface gif where it's all of them, like a push it to the limit, and they're laughing over the money that they're making? Was that you and the Taliban? <laughs> that was that was one guy's fantasy. I, I want to make it clear that was a, a very fringe opinion, but a lot of people did think he was dead, which was foolish because you know. I, I can kind of understand you, given that you're a Taliban agent. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> to make it clear, MI5. <laughs> but the the funny thing was, I saw that um, a lot of people were suspicious and obviously being like, "Well, no, he must be dead." And and if it was anyone else, I would actually be like, you know, fair enough to be suspicious. But one thing I've learned hanging out with Lord Mars is never bet against him. No matter how ridiculous he tells you the things he's been up to, he'll then come back with photographic evidence of him doing it. So that's that. Anyway. He but, is insane. And there we go. They do actually use Kev's name here. So Kev here, who uh, was detained, he's a UN aid agency worker out there. And then there's another guy who's unnamed. So I'll leave it that way. And uh, Lord Miles being the third uh, British passport holder who was detained and then has been released. So there's that. I can see the office. Uh, well, read real quick. The Presidium Network, who were working, I believe, on um, Kevin's case and the other unnamed chaps situation have been very supportive um they said the two men probably need medical help so there's mm. uh, that uh, i also saw that the foreign office said that it regrets this episode and it says on behalf of the families of the british nationals we express their apologies to the current administration of afghanistan which is weird phrasing for any violations of the laws of the country so that's all that's out there we, for we, that. we apologize that you were forced to kidnap and hold our uh, no 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 there's um more details there, but again, it's up to Miles to I, do this, I have his story. I'm I have seen some details, and it looked like earlier on today, I think Miles has released some information about what went on in a Twitter thread. Yeah, uh, but the other two guys, they're, they're different circumstances, and I won't get into those now, because as I mentioned, 
Um, Lord Miles is going to be selling his story, and boy, does he need the money after Patreon decided to kill his Twitter account. Patreon, honestly, you were the worst company in the world. Wait, they killed his account or Patreon account? Yeah, they banned Twitter him. Account? They banned they, him and went, you're, you're banned. And he was in jail. Well, he's, he's un under detention from the Taliban. And he gets this email, and he's just like, Cheers. Sorry, like, I'm getting detained against, you know, I don't have a choice in this. And you guys ban me. Like, you're, I'm sorry, anyone on Patreon, like, you're making a big mistake. Yeah. If you're thinking of making content, set up a subscribe star. Do not use Patreon. They're the worst. We, we know from many other examples prior to just Miles yeah, that Carl, Patreon. Lauren will, Southern. Patreon will absolutely just tank your account if they don't like you. And it's just they're, just, they're just dicks, genuinely. Anyway, but a whole other situation. So um, I'll, I'll let people speak for the details of what happened there. I do love that they, they include Miles like this. Uh, they keep labeling him like, um, you know, an extreme tourist, which I suppose he is. And I suppose that's... He's a dark tourist. Yeah. I, I think dark tourism is a more accurate description because I saw a bunch of tabloids like he does danger tourism. It's like, nah, not really. And it's like, dangerous tourism. But I, when I think of danger tourism, I think I saw a video earlier of a guy jumping off a cell tower that's a billion feet in the air and the parachute doesn't deploy and he just hits the ground and, and he's, he's alive because he hits snow. But it's like, that's danger tourism where it's like, I'm risking my life literally just because of adrenaline. Like, well, surely that's just thrill-seeking. I don't know. Well, yeah. I, su I suppose that's a kind of tourism where you go and you find those experiences because you can't get them in your home country. I, I presume so. I mean, Miles does have um, other interests than just, you know, I want to die. I, I know it may be hard you. to believe. I don't believe you. <laughs> but, you know, I've met him briefly the once and he definitely had a streak in him. So we'll, we'll go to the uh, tweets he's made because, uh, again, this is his story. So he says here, eight months in Taliban intelligence, uh, quote, custody. Best adventure I've had yet. <laughs> All the previous tweets are true. Best mates with many of the top commanders. After numerous picnics, go for picnics right. with the uh, commanders of the Taliban intelligence. Cool. And you can see here, lovely lads, treated me as a guest. I will be returning to Kabul next month. Right. I just want to point out Everybody in the office has noticed this. You watching have probably already noticed this. Callum, this chap right here, that's just you. That's not. That's you. He's got eyeliner. With a tan and <laughs> eyeliner. That's, <laughs> what's going on, Callum? I know you were away for a few weeks. How do you think I was talking to Miles? <sighs> I should have known it. Ah, how you doing, brother? Anyway, I've got the cover. <laughs> What was that accent? I tell, you tell me. You're the one who's been to <laughs> Afghanistan. Uh, no, no. You're the one who is Afghan. Well, you should have worn your special outfit for this segment. Yeah, that might have been fun. But I, I, I might do a video about this for myself, about just the, the other stuff that went down. Because, of yeah. course, um, me and Miles' uh, friends, when he went missing, were just like, ah, where is he? <laughs> and instantly tried to try and figure out what went down. And uh, there's that side of it. But... You go check out Mars. I do love the responses here. It's like, yeah, eight months with Taliban. It's whatever. You know, best buds with them now. Went on a few picnics with them. <laughs> Please, God, let this happen because it would be so funny. Yeah, that's the thing about Miles. I mean, <laughs> hey, girl. Yeah, it's me. Eight months with the Taliban. It was a really nice adventure. Lights up, Sig. <laughs> yeah, and there's, and there's, there's a hell of a story. The Taliban start wearing makeup. They're just some of them are, are just like that. All right, it's you leave them alone. On his way to Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that one as well. Yeah. The return um, of the return of the king. And of course, I mean, there are a lot of memes about this, to say the least. As you can see here, I saw Cody from Alternative History Hub. It's just like, you know, Miles, <laughs> five seconds after getting released and uh, seeing the news in Gaza. <laughs> I've got an idea!
<laughs> this is what I'm saying, man. It's going to be Hamas next. He's going to come out being best friends with them. Guys, I've managed to negotiate peace talks between Palestine and Israel. We managed, we managed to do it. They're both Look, British territories now. He's got them in both arms and he's just like, boys, we found common ground. Um, you know, no more brother wars. Western women have got to go. That's <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know about that. But he's, uh, he is, uh, I don't think, getting dropped in Gaza, as we can see now. I think the Taliban have rerouted the flight, so he won't be going to uh, Heathrow. <laughs> dropped off at Gaza International, where he can. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, I have spoken to him this morning. The memes I... are so good. I did mention to him, so how do you feel about a weekend away in Gaza? And he was just like, well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yep, yep. <laughs> some considerations taken into account first. You know, got some, uh, it's got some post in the mail that needs responding to. I bet. Bit of a gas bill has uh, left one light on. <laughs> the electric's gone mental. <laughs> Octopus energy, no. This is the worst challenge yet, speaking to call center drones. <laughs> Take me back like, to the desert. Why do you have the same accent? That's 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 weird. That's strange. Wait a second, Habibi. <laughs> oh my! Oh, I don't worry, it's cancelled. <laughs> so there's that. I saw um Callum abroad did a, a pretty funny tweet for people who don't know. This isn't my second channel. This is this isn't. My, uh, this uh, sounds a lot like it is. No, this is uh, a different guy. I'll, I'll just show him off because he's uh, he seems to be a nice guy. He's uh you know he's got a good name and everything. Anyway, so he likes uh, hanging out with interesting people as well. As you can see here. Uh, urban youths. Uh, <laughs> what circles have you found yourself in, Callum? <laughs> the um, travel community are an interesting all, bunch. All of this because you got bored working a nine-to-five office job. Look, you know who doesn't? So that's. I think that's sympathetic. Anyway, but uh, so this is a chap who also does a lot of traveling. He's been doing it for ages. Goes on channel, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, anyway, he uh, he's been in contact with Miles. As you can see here. It's confirmation that I spoke to the real Lord Miles, who's been detained by the Taliban. He's uh, fine and craving a bacon cheeseburger. I think he sure. got it. He did indeed. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he's, I think he has mentioned this publicly, so I will mention it. Is that when he was on the phone to the British government, who were negotiating on behalf of the, the whole deal, he was just like, Yeah, so I really want a bacon cheeseburger. If you can organize that for me, please. So when he arrived back in the UK, he was like, yeah, You better have it. But if you don't have it, I'm not talking to you. We're not, <laughs> we're not having a chat. So. Is that well? This is this, I suppose. You're not getting harmed, and there's, there's nothing. There's nothing bad happening to you. No, I'll make it explicitly clear. I'm miles off the vacant routage. I'm perfectly fine, and I'm rather enjoying myself. Now, don't worry about me. And when I come out, I'm gonna have a lovely holiday and meet you and all my other friends in London for a nice little party at Weatherspoons and catch and get Griggs. Oh, I really fancy a bacon cheeseburger. I don't know if if I've told my friend this. But I really hope when I get home, I'm going to have a bacon cheeseburger waiting for me. Well, mate, I'll have, I'll have you a bacon cheeseburger and some Doritos. Because I, I actually had a bacon cheeseburger yesterday. <laughs> Rubbing it in there. <laughs> yeah. Callum, jeez. <laughs> oh, my God. That was uh, a bit unnecessary. Below the belt. You know what's doubly weird about that is that, as you can see here, um, Callum abroad, he, he went to Kabul as well. He's traveling around Afghanistan at this point. And um, before that, he is was... he in... doing it right now as we speak? Uh, not right now. I've been oh, okay. Tired, but he... You know, he... Um, was just like, well, you know, YOLO. Well, apparently... <laughs> also bored of his 9 to 5. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it for everybody, but apparently, it, as long as you're just a, a funny, wacky dude, it's easy to get along in Afghanistan. To be honest, I, I'm not recommending everyone travel. No. Obviously. But um, one of the things I have learned from checking out sort of the, the travel community, as I'm going to call them, because, um, you know, Callum abroad here, you know, he's, he's one of them. 
you know, Miles, interesting guy. Um, there's like a, a, another few people I've been introduced to who, who travel to really interesting places all the time, and that's what they like doing. Is that um, their secret weapon really is just being charismatic and friendly to the locals? Just find out whatever they like and just get along with them. So, like Miles has said previously, is that what you did. Well, Miles said previously he went to Turkish uh, checkpoint in Kabul when it was collapsing, and they were like, "No, no, no, we're not letting anyone in." And he just went, "Oh, don't worry, I'm not Greek." <laughs> and then they went, "Ah." And then let him in. <laughs> ah, come on in, buddy. <laughs> so, you know, as long as you get along with the local If it people, works, it works, I suppose. It's uh, the best advice, best travel advice someone can ever give you. Um, well, check out the previous tweets that he's referencing here about the fact that he said all of his previous stories were true. Real quick, I suppose. So this is uh, a friend of Lord Miles to give an update. Four months in Taliban custody. That was halfway. And as you can see here, just me and the boys. Chilling. Why would you not be? Still loves Afghanistan, so feels like he's on holiday. He's sunbathing, playing Team Fortress 2, and writing his second book. He's playing TF2 the whole time? For a lot of it, yeah. Oh, (laughs) nice. Um, (laughs) Playing TF2, writing, and then reading T.E. Lawrence over and over and over again. What else are you going to do? That sounds pretty chill. Yeah. Exercising, has chocolates, cakes. He he certainly uh, did. So uh, this is all about his uh, Afghan gold mine adventure as well, which he, I believe, has spoken publicly about, which he, he found out that there's an Afghan gold mine that the Americans had done the mapping for. And then there were, the recommendation in the report was mine immediately because it's, it's so easy to get. And then, you know, COVID happened, so they couldn't... And they never it. did anything with it after the, they pulled out. Well they, well, they weren't there anymore. They lost the country. Because yeah. how else do you export the resources of country you're occupying if you don't occupy it? Drones? So. Yeah, so Lord Miles is just sort of like, yeah, I'll have that. That's that's uh, I'll take that business. So that's what he's uh, trying to do as well. So yeah, he's talking about the fact that they were kind to him. Hasn't been this relaxed in years. Lovely to get away from it. I do wonder. I'm I'm going to ask him at some point. It's just how did you deal with not having constant internet access and a phone? Because that must have been just ugh. Because he's very much a zoomer like me who sits there, mm. death staring. So uh, wondering about which part of the Middle East you're going to visit next. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, check whatever's trending, I suppose. So there's that. And he, he goes on and on here. And um, then, you know, if you're a journalist and you want to get his story, do contact him. Uh, I, I don't know what the current situation of what his uh, dealings are with that. But of course, if you've been in prison for, well, been in detainment, I should say, for eight months, um, you, you might need some money. And uh, eight months pay <laughs> is what you might need to, to at least get back on your feet. So there's that. I do love all this as well. It's just like the Taliban having fun. <laughs> I mean, really, the memes from the Fall of Kabul are never going to die either. So, <laughs> What is this stupid meme about the lines? Do you understand it? Well, yes. Right, okay. If the line is straight, it means you are the dominant one because you don't feel the need to lean into anybody else and therefore um, like uh, leech off of their energy. Whereas if you're leaning into someone, it means that you're dependent and submissive on them. What we're seeing here is that every single one of these people is leaning. So paradoxically... Except from, except from this Chad. He's, uh... Well, no, he's, he, his line is also going off in an angle. So what <laughs> this actually means is that they are all so relaxed on one another and so dependent on one another that their coexistence turns it back around into being based. All right, fair enough. Sounds like... It's like uh... when you see a couple lean into each other rather than like the man or the woman leaning into one another, that means that they're in perfect balanced harmony. Sounds like right-wing witchcraft to me, so pretty horrible. It, it pretty much is. Yeah. Anyway, so I uh, disavow completely. But we'll just end this off with um, that fact we were talking about earlier. Where it was kind of weird. I, I don't know who was disbelieving, but um, don't worry. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, but would it, what would be the point? So some people were disbelieving that you know there's me here. Yeah. What would be the point, Callum? Why would you lie? Oh, uh, you know what? I want um, 
more followers on Twitter.com. You know what I'm going to do with them? Uh, engagement bait to get money from Elon Musk? I'm not. I don't have Twitter blue. Oh, yeah, you don't actually, do you? So what would, oh, you're a sucker, eh? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I like, this is kind of pointless. So there we are. There's also Oliver over here. I've been chatting to him the whole time. Very good guy. And um, all have, we, have we got a picture of the gains that he's made? I don't know if we do, actually. I don't think we do. Because we, oh, we should get up a picture of the gains that he's made, because it's very impressive. Raw Egg Nationalist tweeted it out. When you've got nothing else to do. I mean, here's the shoes he's apparently selling as well. The, the Taliban have a weird uh, thing where they, they like to wear these certain sneakers, and that means you're special forces, or you're high tier, which is a whole other... Someone else could explain it better than I can. Miles could explain it better than no, I can. No, don't <laughs> ask me to explain the preferences and behaviors of the third world. So you got some Taliban guys to sign them. So if you want a, a signed pair of sneakers from Taliban special forces, if you uh, you and your buddies are doing airsoft and want to role play that bit harder, then uh, <laughs> you could do that, I suppose. And uh, I suppose we'll this off with just the fact that there's some other guys who are making good memes. Are they reading his books? The Ministry of Culture of Afghanistan has now revealed the list of top-selling books in Afghanistan. Number one, Lord Miles in Afghanistan. Uh, number two, Afghanistan, Napoleon, the life of Ahir Ahmed, Ahmed Shah, Shah Massoud. Number three, how to fix your car. Pretty popular, actually. That's a routine problem. Is this, is this <laughs> real or is this like an AI-generated image? Number four, keep an eye on the feminists and homosexuals. That's also a, a good read. Um, five out of five. That's, that's uh, just good advice. Uh, number five. <laughs> number five, the art of war. But there we are. This is a real image as well, people wondering. This is Lord Miles when he was detained. Um, he gave them a copy of his book about. Did he just have a few copies with him. That he was like, "Oh, here you go." Yeah, so he was like, "Oh, hello, Mister, um, you know, MI5 of the Taliban." And they're like, "Oh, good to meet you. You're, you're very famous." A couple of selfies, and then he was just like, "Yeah, have a read of my book, would you?" And they're like, "Oh, it's pretty good." So then he got them to sign them as well. Oh, so, nice memories. But anyway, the Lord is back. Um, it's good to see him, as you can see here. He's in good spirits. Um, not been, I suppose, the uh, time I would spend. If I had time to kill, but uh, whatever, it's it is what it is, and he had a hell of a time. So look forward to the interviews, and I look forward to chatting to him in person and um, getting Go, that going for that Weatherspoons party with him. Oh boy, can't wait to order more peas. Ooh. So we'll move to nothing working. Gets back to England first thing. First thing he wants is Weatherspoons. Yeah, we had choice to be honest. I'd say uh, he doesn't know that they've got inspe- got expensive, does he? Oh no, he's missed so much. God, he missed out on inflation. No, he hasn't. <laughs> no, he hasn't. He's going to catch right back up when he gets back. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, and now that we've we've had that white pill, uh, let's not let's not have a white pill. Let's go and talk about how nothing oh, works anymore. My favorite. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is something I've been noticing for a long while. You've probably noticed it. I know that whenever we go for go for walks um, uh, for lunch, not. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't reveal too much. <laughs> oh, <God's sake. laughs> when we go for walks in the parks and yes. the posy fields holding hands together, I often point out to you and I say, listen, darling. Oh, uh, look at that sunset. Have you, look at that sunset, but also look at all of these potholes in the roads. Yeah, <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, no, we often talk about... You just, ruin every good moment. <laughs> I know, I'm terrible like that. Yeah, um, every, nothing works. Everything is always constantly being in a state of being fixed and then not being fixed anymore. And then don't look at the chat. Ignore what the chat is saying. <laughs> everything's constantly being You're shamed. <laughs> everything's constantly being fixed to the point where it's never fixed anyway. So you might as well just not stop fixing it or not try fixing it in the first place. 
buses aren't on time, trains aren't on time, infrastructure projects never get done, buildings are crumbling, you walk around your average town and everything's falling apart and, and, and is abandoned. So I just wanted to highlight a few ways in which nothing works anymore, because it is a serious problem in Britain, at least, certainly in England. I don't know about America. I've not been to America before. So maybe everything in America in terms of the infrastructure is still working. It's everywhere has problems for yes. sure. But from someone who has traveled in the recent time as well to places that are considered way poorer and places that are considered way richer, the UK is just stupid. Like we can't even get the most basic beautification projects. There's never anything new in terms of beautification. In fact, all there is is turning stuff off or ripping down stuff. And, and you even go to some of the and then it never places. gets built built up again. So like yeah. town centers, like my town center, you pull down all of the arcades where a lot of the shops were, and then they say, "Don't worry, we'll build something in its place." And it's still just literally, it's still just a pile of rubble there. It's uniquely embarrassing in this country. Yes. And uh, it's probably because of all that, of that incompetence that goes around and the fact that most of our country, in terms of the government and the bureaucracy and the councils, would much rather fill diversity quotas than actually do the things that they're supposed to do. But I'll tell you what does work. Our website. And it works so well that we've got a constant stream of videos and articles coming up all the time, every single day, including Dan's most recent Brokenomics, which came out, what day is it? Yesterday where he actually spoke to Scott Adams, the influential and infamous cartoonist who is a famous drinker of coffee, judger of people as he drinks coffees, as he observes demographic trends in the US. And uh, they were talking about reframing your brain, the glass ceiling for white males in corporate America elections and other such things. Not that I would ever question election integrity on this channel, but well worth a watch and you should subscribe to the website for as little as £5 a month to do so. Anyway, so I just decided to take a look around what was being reported in the news that wasn't related to anything in the Middle East, because um, I'm not qualified to talk about that sort of thing. If you want to listen to a proper breakdown of it, listen to yesterday's podcast, where Bo, Carl, and Dan spoke about it. And I'm told with some quite nuance, uh, with some good nuance, so that's always good to hear. Uh, but so what, what, what's going on in England was my main thing, which was, well, Okay, the first thing I found, Wandsworth Prison. Our prisons don't work. A lot of our prisons are just crumbling and unable to take the amount of people that you have in them. They're just overstuffed with prisoners. And uh, in this, it was quite interesting because they were saying here, so HMP Wandsworth has seen no real progress in the past year and reflects the failures of the prison system as a whole, uh, according to the Independent Monitoring Board for the UK prison system. The report was written before the alleged escape of Daniel Khalif, from the prison. So this same prison had a, an escapee recently, alleged. He's been charged for it, but he's pleaded not guilty. So we'll have to see. <laughs> I mean, we, we know that- Was he, he found in the prison? No, we know that he was in the prison and then he wasn't in the prison and was caught cycling around London. So I, I, I think it's a pretty open and shut case. But Morning, governor. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not been, he's not been uh, convicted yet. So we have to still say alleged escapee. Yeah. They, they had an escapee. Could have all been a around the whole time. Yep, yeah, exactly. Uh, a prison service spokesman said that it had taken decisive action to address the serious issues raised. The IMB report covered the year from 1st of June 2023 to 31st of May 2023. Sorry, 2022 to 2023. It found that years of underinvestment in the site facilities and staff at the prison had led to an unsafe environment where violence continues to rise. And for examples of that, they said, 
that during the past year, staff shortages had undermined the prison's ability to function effectively. They've only got 50% of available officers, typically, and that's, that, it's even rare that they reach that many. Uh, the assaults have risen 20% in all areas, including assaults on staff. There were 524 assaults on prisoners by prisoners. So that 20% isn't, uh, that, that number isn't including the figures on staff themselves. And uh, overcrowding, they've got overcrowding, raises a concern by the monitoring board. Most men sharing cells designed for single occupancy. In two wings of the prison, there were only 11 shower stalls for 265 men. So it's disgusting. You know, this isn't to say that if the if the prisoners in here are violent criminals, I'm not saying that there should be uh, that, that we should feel terribly sorry for them. It's just the fact that standards. We need to hold ourselves and our facilities and our institutions to particular standards that this is not hitting whatsoever. So, for instance, I've been reading through Peter Hitchens' Abolition of Liberty book recently, and in that there's a chapter that he has on prisons, and he tells about. Um, Wormwood Scrubs, which he visited back in the year 2000. And he just describes terrible conditions. It's filled with rats. The prisoners run the place. People are being assaulted constantly. And the most that goes on to try and stop it is the fact that they have pictures, signs on the wall saying, say no to bullying. Are you a bully? Don't be a bully. That's the kind of... They also got signs saying, if you, are you a murderer? Maybe don't do that in future. Don't, don't, please don't murder anybody. We'll have a stern word with you if you do. So there are standards that we need to hold these sorts of facilities to if we expect anything, because obviously people have this argument over whether prison is for rehabilitation or if it's for retribution, all these different questions. That's outside of the remit of this particular segment. All I'm saying is that if we're going to imprison these people in the first place, we should maybe make it so the prisons actually work especially given that a lot of the time the prisoners are going to be released halfway through the sentence anyway so that they can be on home leave and parole, as, as is what happens in the UK. And so we want it to be so that they're coming out and not just immediately going back to doing what they're doing or dying of disease or becoming a strain on some other part of the infrastructure like the NHS. There's so many reasons why we should hold ourselves to proper standards. Elizabeth Davies, who is the IMB chair, told BBC Radio 4 that the issues at Wandsworth Prison are reflective more widely of the issues facing Victorian-era prisons. None of these issues are unique to Wandsworth, and none of these issues are new. She highlighted Pentonville in North London as another prison with severe overcrowding and low staffing levels. And speaking of which, there was a recent article talking about this as well, which is it's been declared unfit for prisoner rehabilitation. Once again, whether you want to say that prisons are there for rehabilitation or just to keep these people off of the streets, let's look at what the issues that they have highlighted in here are. They found pairs of prisoners were crammed into cells with unscreened toilets where they ate and slept. 2022-23 report found that 75% of Pentonville's population is on long-term remand and that there is a lack of focus on preparation for release. So as far as I can tell, remand means that they're being held there before their trial. But So before they've been properly convicted, they're being held in this place, which is massively overcrowded where they have to literally eat and sleep where they're essing. So it's pretty disgusting. The board said that many prisoners were released directly from court, having received no resettlement preparation, and 40% of those released during the reporting year from court or prison were released with no accommodation to go to. So we're just releasing them homeless, not saying that the state should be providing these people with homes or anything. I'm not a socialist. Yeah, giving them out of friggin' random invaders. Why not? Yeah, but basically we're just creating more homeless people who've just come out of a prison where they might have been violent criminal, they might have done some something, but you know, 
not a very good situation. So the prisons don't work. Prisons don't work. And interestingly, Wandsworth itself has also got a problem where drones are being used to try and deliver contraband to the prisoners. So that's fun. Although, interestingly enough, the, prison, uh, the people living around here, they say in here that uh, Maria, who did not wish to give her surname, had lived close to the prison since 2014. The 44-year-old said the area felt really safe when she first moved in, but claimed she slowly started to notice more drones, some of which keep getting caught in the trees, and uh, they are believed to be carrying cor- contraband and more dodgy people hanging around, which is kind of to be expected. But a lot of the other people listed in this qu- uh, in this article who they spoke to also said how they felt that it was actually a quite safe place to live. So there's an interesting contrast there. So the prisons don't work. What about the schools? What about the schools? Are the schools working? What do you reckon on the schools, Callum? I bet they're fine. No. Oh. A lot of people don't go anymore. After COVID, people just decided, literally, some of the reasonings we've got in here are after COVID, a lot of people just decided, I would prefer to sit around in my house and play video games all day than go back to school. I can, I, I can kind of get that. I mean, my schooling, uh, I don't know, I was never particularly impressed. I'm not saying that the schooling is particularly great, but once again, that's just another thing that doesn't work, is the actual quality of the schooling that you get isn't amazing, and then you don't get the schooling at all because they don't actually go to school. So the figures given here, 16.3% of pupils aged 11 to 15 fell into this category in 2023, three times higher than pre-pandemic levels, for pupils eligible for free school meals, the figure was more than twice as high at 35.7%. Overall levels of absence based on missed half-day sessions also doubled. Interestingly, that was more uh, girls than boys. So a lot of girls are just skipping half the school. And how, do you, how would you solve this problem? I haven't a clue. I haven't a clue either. But do you think that just kind of trying to negotiate with the students by saying, you don't have to come into school, you... Okay, we've got like a six and a half hour school day. What if we make it four hours? What if we make it two hours? Would you come in for half an hour? That's not the way to assert authority over children, really, is it? Is to try and negotiate with them saying, we'll give you free food, we'll give you less hours, you can play video games. You know, is that the way that you would do it? No, that's more likely to maybe not bother. Yeah, so the staff, uh, visit, uh, this is in Rill High School in Wales again. Staff are visiting pupils' homes, shortening days, and running a food bank to help get children back to lessons at school. Kai, a year 11 pupil at Real High, believed some had struggled to readjust after so long at home. He was in year 7 when COVID struck and worked online at home during year 8. Some people thought, I don't want to do work. I'd rather go on my Xbox or PlayStation. When they got to secondary school, the work was harder as well. We weren't used to it, and so in some of our minds, we were thinking, this is just too stressful. Jessica, in the same year, believed that some students had lost social skills. Everything changed and no one really gets it, she said. So the schools aren't working either. And even worse than that, not only are the schools not working for the educational things that you're supposed to do in them, they're also just falling apart. A lot of them are literally falling apart, which is rather worrying. So this is new RAAC school list of buildings with unsafe concrete. Government published an updated list of 174 schools and colleges in England it says have crumbling concrete. According to the original list, 19 schools in England with nearly 10,000 pupils had to delay the start of the new term. So we're going to negotiate school hours down to try and get these kids to come back into school. At least there's less chance of the concrete will collapse on them. Yes, but also we might have to reduce the school hours because we want to reduce the chances of a concrete block smashing you in the head because it falls off. RAAC is a lightweight material that was used mostly in flat roofing, for those unaware. 
but also in floors and walls between the 1950s and 1990s. It's a cheaper alternative to standard concrete and has a lifespan of about 30 years. On Tuesday, an education select committee discussed the RAAC crisis and was told 29 schools require temporary classrooms, of which 11 already have them in place. As of Friday, this is this is a contemporary to when the article was written back on the 19th of September. As of Friday, orders have been made for 180 single and 68 double classrooms, plus a mix of hygiene facilities, uh, toilets, but they were unable to provide figures for the number of classrooms that have already been delivered. So all up in the air. How did this start? Why did people start to notice this? Well, because in some schools, literally the ceiling did start falling on people. Problems with the, uh, what the construction industry terms reinforced autoclaved aerated concrete, RAAC, were brought to a head in August 2023 when an RAAC ceiling panel, which had been deemed safe already by inspectors, good job inspectors, uh, collapsed at a school in England. It doesn't name the school itself, but it does say also back in 2018, a roof panel at Singlewell Primary School in Gravesend, Kent, also collapsed, presumably also almost smacking someone on the head. This is, this is just where, what our country has come to now. People don't work. People in prisons... <laughs> uh, well, our prisons don't work. The schools don't work. And when they do, there might be a chance that they collapse on you, which is why we're having to shut so many of them down. Are you proud? Are you proud? There, of there is a real feeling of just degradation. It's entropy. It, re it really is a feeling of entropy, and I don't want to be miserable. Uh, but this is this is why so many people are leaving the UK. It's yeah, this is the small feeling things I get. Yeah, it's, yeah, like you say, it's the small things. It, it's just it's not just one thing. Okay, the prisons aren't working and potentially releasing people into homelessness. Um, there is there is one thing that's kind of causing all of this. I'm just gonna say, begins with I. Mm. Rhymes with immigration. The Irish? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> yeah, the Irish did this. I should have known it was the Irish. It's all those Irish bloody builders coming in during the 60s and 90s, building our schools, yeah. stealing our jobs. But I'm not joking. Filling our prisons. Well, I mean, they were. Yeah. But they, they, I'm not joking, though. Like, the massive demand that is created by a huge increase and sudden increase in population, like, yes, it is going to make your ability to create quality on anything terrible. Because yes. you just can't scale up as fast as needed. And then you get the simultaneous problem, and I'll cover this in a moment because it'll be relevant, that with government projects and even private projects that fall under the remit of government regulations have to end up inevitably pandering more to filling diversity quotas than actually getting their jobs done. I covered HS2. We'll mention HS2 in a moment. But HS2, when I covered it a few weeks ago, if you looked into the documents, a lot of the money seemed to be just being funneled into NGOs and government quota systems to make sure that the government could say that they're hitting their targets for the amount of diversity that they should have. And once again, if you're trying to fill positions with making sure that uh, the people are brown enough, if you get the color swab out and make sure, okay, you're our new head manager of this site, uh, yeah, looks about right to me, you're not testing for competency. You might get the best brown person possible but if you're getting the best brown person possible and that criteria in the first place has meant that you're not getting the best overall person possible because you've narrowed down your search. But I do have the brownest. But I do have the brownest. <laughs> there you go. Things just don't get done. You notice, that, you notice it all over the place that things just in this country don't get done anymore. Projects get started and they run out of money halfway through because apparently, like with the council um, tax information that we got earlier this year that I looked into with Josh, the council is just more than willing to throw 
millions and millions and millions of pounds at lost causes rather than actual things that are important and make the country run on the day-to-day basis. Absolutely ridiculous. But what's the real problem? What should we really be focusing on? Immigration. We've got got all of these problems. We've got all of this problem with immigration. Could it be immigration, please? Just once? Just one day? Could it be that one? (laughs) No. Teenagers (laughs) smoking. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Rishi Sunak has decided that he's going to put a bill forward in the parliament to try and raise the age of smoking, the legal age where you can begin smoking, one year every year from the rest of time until it's basically illegal for anyone to start smoking. Because New Zealand did it. Yeah, because New Zealand did it. And the government nanny state wants you to know that everything is constantly falling apart. The schools might literally collapse on your children, but at least they won't be smoking. This is this is this is what our government cares smokes about. Smokes anymore, anyway. Our, what, if you're a teenager, you're into vaping. You're not into smoking. What are you? I still see teenagers smoke, but the fact of the matter is that if you do this, it won't. <laughs> if you do this, it won't stop teenagers smoking. They'll just do what they've always done because teenagers, right. shockingly enough, aren't old enough to They're buy cigarettes drugs. anyway. Well, they might do drugs. Uh, they might also what just you do. I, well, I drank. Oh uh, yeah. You can do that too. Yeah, that's that's. And with both smoking and drinking, one of the amazing things that you can do as a teenager is ask someone to buy it for you. Really? I, I know. I no the, idea. The government might not have thought this far ahead because the government never thinks further than its own nose these days. But that is something that people can do. And once again, the fact of the matter is, smoking—you can call it a vice. This shouldn't be the decision of the government whether you're allowed to do it or not. But either way, just where are the priorities ever? Yeah. Where are the priorities? That's like when question. in the last 100 days has the government actually sat down and said, okay, we're reforming immigration so there's less of it so then we can scale up demand. And I mean, they like throwing red meat every, out every so often. Suella Braverman will come out and say, multiculturalism has failed. Now time to ban smoking. Oh, but I mean like an actual legal change. Like The one thing they did do is bring in the points-based system, but then made it really, really easy to reach the number of points. So immigration spiked that year. And then it's been 365 days that, since then. Was that the same year that they changed the visa rules so there was no longer a quota, um, like a, a hard limit on was, how many... It was 2021, so it's been two years, actually, since they've had that data. Yeah, because they changed the visa rules so that they no longer had a hard limit on the amount of non-EU migration you're allowed to enter into the country, which is why all of your towns are being flooded now with non-EU migrants instead of just Polish people like it was before. Oh, the good old days. Thanks. Uh, when it was just filled with Polsky schleps. When I was an alien in my own community. But, um, well, at least we fought the war together. Yeah, there you go. At least they're also anti-communists. Yeah. And uh, what other priorities do we have? Well, as I mentioned, HS2, all of that money, I looked into it, it's been about £92 billion. Pounds. The project that was started back at 2013 to create a multi, a high-speed rail route from London to Manchester, cutting through the center of the country, is now not going to Manchester. It's now just going to Birmingham. That whole reason that we built this in the first place, because we've already looked into it, and the changes in the infrastructure that are going to be made mean that you will save four minutes on a journey from Birmingham to London and vice versa. The whole point of it to go further up north and be a better link with the north and the south, gone because the government has thrown so much money at this project, 92 billion pounds so far, possibly 100 billion, because we don't know if, if they're fudging the money. But they've built nothing with that. If I gave you 100 million pounds and you built nothing, mm-hmm. my concern wouldn't be, oh, we need to shorten this project. It's, I want someone's head for stealing all of my money. Well, 
If I remember correctly from the segment I did a few weeks ago about this, when you look into the documents, you do find that they at least donated, I think it was about 68 grand to a charity for Bengali pensioners. They were given that money to spend on a train line. Yes. Well, what happens is, it's very, very simple. Political economy is very simple, actually. What you do is the government creates large-scale infrastructure projects, you pay your taxes, <laughs> and then and it's then, gone. <laughs> and then they give those taxes to Bengali pensioners. Yeah. That's just how it works. That's just how it works. So this article is incredible. Originally meant to connect the north of England to the capital of London, Sunak announced on Wednesday at the Conservative Party conference that the rest of the HS2 project will be cancelled, referring to everything beyond the line from London to Birmingham in the West Midlands, which is already under construction. I go on about it. Whenever I mention HS2, I go on about it every single time. But not just my town crew, other towns across the north that this was going to connect to basically destroyed their town centers. They knocked everything down so that they could rebuild new infrastructure in place for what they imagined would be new commuters who would be connected to the line by HS2. And now it's not going through them. So the government created this project everywhere. All of the local councils scrambled so that they could try and adapt to this project. And now all of that wasted time, all of that wasted money, all of the businesses that had to shut down was all for nothing. It's been 10 years of HS2, almost 100 billion pounds, nothing to show for it. But, but he said in his speech, he said the remaining 36 billion pounds earmarked for HS2 will instead be reinvested in hundreds of new transport projects in the North and the Midlands and across the country. However, Conservative mayor of the West Midlands, Andy Street, had previously disputed the claim that tens of billions can be reinvested in the short term by scrapping HS2. He told Politico on Tuesday that such claims would be spin, as the cost of the Manchester leg of the HS2 is largely not yet on government balance sheets. He said the money can be re that can be reallocated exists in long-term years, but it doesn't exist in the current spending horizon. So it's just projections that that's how much money that they would have had to spend on it in the first place. It's not money that's been put in the coffers and specifically set aside for this project. It's just, he's saying, well, we planned to spend an extra £36 billion on it, so that money that we don't have yet, but plan to spend, we now plan to spend it on something else which will inevitably get cancelled. So yeah, nice little white pill for you in the middle of this one. Hopefully your segment for following up will be a bit more uh, happy because nothing works and nothing will work. Everything is falling apart. I was just checking because um, the Labour Party conference, which I am clipping through, Yes, you are. I've, I've seen you having some fun with it. Some uh, woman got up and started talking about how we're the seventh richest country in the world. And I don't know how we can't afford to splurge more money on ABC. Who cares, right? So I thought I'd check it out. I'd just remind myself, like, bring myself back to reality. So for income, we're the 15th. And uh, for GDP per capita, we're now the 28th. Yeah, we're not doing great on GDP per capita, especially for a country that is supposedly... Excuse me, what's the figure they always use? The sixth or seventh largest economy in the world? Yeah, that's the one they always say. But that's because of the fact it's massively propped up by debt spending. Yeah, so we're actually 28th. We're getting beat by France. Thanks. That's... Oh yeah, I forgot to mention it during the segment as well, but one of the reasons that the um, prison, service, prison sentencing works the way that it does in the UK, where you get given a particular sentence and for like 90% of those crimes, when you get sentenced for them, you'll actually only serve out half of the sentence and then you'll get sent the, uh, serve the rest of it on parole. 
basically is because of the fact that the prisons are so overcrowded that they just constantly need a revolving door of prisoners going through them because otherwise they'll just burst at the walls apparently what a beautiful system I know well diversity it's diverse it turns out I am, I am shocked I'm sure you're shocked uh, there are lists of people who are shocked diverse in what way well, they have like different opinions and stuff, which I, I didn't expect. I thought when we categorized everyone into white and non-white, that all of the non-white people were the exact same kind of like brown sludge of people. But that is indeed the government's position. It's not mine, though. I thought all this podcast, we, th- we think that maybe there's a bit more to the world than literally two pixels. But anyway, I'm shocked. We know what I'm talking about. Israel-Palestine, that thing happened, and uh, I've spoken about this before in the segment I didn't know. I don't want to even hear my own opinions on Israel-Palestine. Uh, you can go check out uh, yesterday, where yep. people went through it in details. Uh, I'm really sparked by this because I remember seeing um, th- there's some people I watch who and follow from the Israel-Palestine sides, and one of them was responding. I mean, no shade given, but this guy was uh, retweeting an image. It was Tim Paul and some guy, and because it had just happened, they changed the uh, thing that we're going to talk about to be about Israel-Palestine is like Tim Paul's opinion on Israel-Palestine and this guy's opinion. And I was just like, and, and this Jewish guy was just like, I don't want to hear the opinion. <laughs> this guy's you know, connected to Israel, you know, works with them, does this and that, and is, you know, he's been, been dealing with this topic for 10 years, and he's just like, just don't want to hear it. And I'm like, yeah, fair enough, I don't want to hear mine either. Yeah, re- realistically, the reason that we didn't really properly speak about it on Monday, and the reason I'm trying to sidestep it now is because I don't have anything of real I, I can't value, value to contribute yeah. to there, it. There are people who can. Yesterday, Bo went through the history, for example, and you can go and enjoy that. But otherwise, I'm going to focus on domestic problems because, I mean, this is where I live, and yep. it sucks. So this is uh, treeflation. It's the measure of inflation from, uh, uh, well, Dan's recommendation here, which shows since October 2020, the British currency has now inflated 33.08%. So that's good. Three years. Um, so if your pay hasn't gone up 33.08%, you're losing money. Uh, so, and you can calculate that percentage yourself since then. And uh, great. And I love this. How does this track your lived experience? Like, yep. Yeah, it definitely costs that much more. Yep. Literally everything. But the thing I'm talking about here is that you may remember this sort of crap was the day-to-day occurrence in England. And I noticed since the Israel-Palestine stuff and the explosion of people waving Hamas flags, sorry, uh, Palestinian flags, not Hamas flags, all over the West, there's been a bit of a shift in the culture because, of course, all of those things happen in the capitals, which is where all the leftists live and liberal, neoliberal types Mm. who have now had to be like, hang on a minute. What do you mean the foreigners don't agree with me on Israel-Palestine? I, I imagine they open the curtains that morning and there's just a gigantic <laughs> Palestine flag. Like the BLM posting... From the river to the sea. What? what, what hang on. What? B- BLM posting that image of the uh, of the paraglider with Iceland with Palestine. They just do that and they have like Looney Tunes eyeball. Just go, what, what, what? Like I know with, with people who watch the show, like we're all pretty clued up. We try to pay attention to what's going on. You interact with normies and you forget just how... Well, not even normies. Never mind the normies. The normies are trying their hardest, bless them. Uh, we're talking about the, the neoliberal and the progressive types. Like, how dumb they are. And we it, discussed I, it on Monday. They don't know anything. They really, nothing. I mean, it was amazing. And you can see here, like, Adol Ray over here, the, the guy who um, I, I'm going to say, told uh, everyone a good morning, Brian, how good it was that there was no white British person on a panel to talk about the eradication of the white British from London. Great guy, I'm sure. He wants to Brown man guy. advocates for the <laughs> advocates for the illu- inclusion of more non uh, of more brown no, he's, people. He's actually Britain. like a genuine racist. No, I I know he is seemingly so from the from what I've heard about his conduct and Good Morning. Britain. Am, am I shocked? He says here 
Uh, facts about migration. The UK cannot survive without lots of it. Oh, geez. I didn't know. We'd literally sink without. Uh, we, won't, we won't stop it. We're an aging population in need Who's of labor. We? Who's we in this, Adil? I don't know. They want a better life and will do anything to get it. Have you polled the British public? Well, do anything to get it, including eradicate the British race. Yeah. Well, we've never had open borders. Close enough. I mean, that's, that's not even technically true. Like, we did have open borders before the 1800s. Like, there were no border checks because you mm. didn't need them because the whole world wasn't invading us. We also, if I remember correctly, had close enough to open some open borders policies around 1948 when we did the Immigration and National Act. Nationality Act, uh, which is why we had to change a lot of immigration rules. Sure, but if you want to take like the utopian concept of literally no border controls, I mean, there were port controls vaguely, yeah. like you had to register the boat you were doing, but there were no proper government immigration controls up until I think it was the 1700s or the 1800s. And the reason was because of a French terrorist who was trying to kill the ruling uh, political faction in France turned up in Britain. And obviously the French were like, deport him. And we went, we don't know if he's even here. Macron's been operating for a while. Hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so that's when immigration controls came in because of foreign terrorists. Up until then, England had actually been doing all right. Even in the ages of mass movement that people like to talk about, the whole 500 people, that mass movement, from mm. whichever European nonsense was going on. I think if you look into the figures, it's something like over the past thousand years prior to the mid-1950s, when you start to get transport for London off cooperating with Jamaica and you start bringing lots of people from the West Indies. Um, up until that point, we had about 300,000 people immigrate to the country. Um, so we have more than that in a single year now. Well, a third yes. of a year. So over a thousand <laughs> years, we had a third of what we get in a single year now. Yeah. Great, isn't it? Yeah. Just a few months thousand years, same thing. But my point being that this is obviously bollocks, and we've always known this is bollocks. But this uh, tweet was made just on the eve of the news that maybe um, the diverse population holds different views on Israel-Palestine. And um, I saw Destiny tweeting this, which is rather funny. Which is, uh, I don't, I don't normally it. agree with Destiny, but that's quite <laughs> funny. People listening, Palestinians in Palestine, uh, their views on uh, adultery, death, uh, their views on homosexuals, that's uh, pretty much death. Uh, their views on Sharia, now please. <laughs> <laughs> Palestinian diaspora, though, in the West. Black Lives Matter. I believe in LGBT. Oh, socialism, please. No. Make sure I get my caramel marker. Oh, God. It's just, you can see the, the, the bug face as well, but there's a whole other conversation. It's, uh, it's not true, though, if you actually go and check out the Palestinian diaspora in the West. Um, when it comes to actually supporting Palestine, it doesn't matter what they do, they'll still do it. They'll still wave the flags because they are tribally loyal. And you can see here End Wokeness being like, this is not Iran, this is central London. So, um, isn't that wonderful? Just, 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 just average London things. Yep, there we are. That's the obsession. Um, not in Poland, in central London instead. Quite astute observation. And, you know, did a good uh, documentation of just the, the endless protests here. Isn't that a communist? Revolutionary communist group. Oh, Communists just say it out loud. Yeah, but just I remember we met some guy who was telling us about the Iranian Revolution. He met someone who lived through it and was asking them, and they were talking about the the communist and Islamist alliance to overthrow the Shah. And then the communists were genuinely surprised when the Islamist turned around and said, "Communism is haram." Now face the wall, please. And it just we just chuckled because it's just like, yeah. no, how can you be so stupid? But communists are never expecting it when they have to face the wall, are they? No. That millennial woes there, what? No. No, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's a. 
A weird place. What, what are you doing? <laughs> That's new. But anyway, just it goes on and on. It's Andy documents and, uh, you know, go and check out Andy's Twitter, of course, to, to get more stuff like this because he's now a refugee in England. So, um, that's, he's, he's also going to live with this now being his uh, reality, which is, it's diverse, it turns out, in London. Very diverse. And, of course, like you or me or anyone else who is well, not a moron, uh, was, was pretty much not shocked by this. It's like, yeah. What, yeah, just what, what did one, you think? Once again, just because you import you people London? onto the magic soil doesn't mean that they change all of their allegiances or their culture or their, you know, loyalty. Hmm. I, I did notice Elon Musk was like, demographics is destiny. So yeah, I mean, I I shared yeah. this out and also shared a recent tweet that he put out where he said that he supported the expansion of legal migration. And I just said, is there two That's, people? This is good. This is good. This is a good moment of learning for a lot of people, including maybe Elon. And I'd like him to learn from this. And I think it is a moment in which people can well fess up to reality a little bit, which is, do you know diversity is quite diverse? And it includes this. And if you don't like this, well, come and join us. Come and join the camp of Close the Borders Now, re. Well, the, the funny thing is that Elon is, often comes across very schizophrenic on these issues, which is why I suggest perhaps there's more than one person running his account, primarily because being from South Africa... He's well aware. He, he's very aware of how there are ethnic tensions in the world. Indeed. I did notice the Turning Point UK tweeted this. This is the Israeli embassy in the daytime. And it's just like, yep. That's, that's multiculturalism for you. Conflict. Cultural conflict. Constant cultural conflict because there are multi-cultures all living next to each other, separate, never changing, and instead bringing all of their conflicts into cultural conflicts, you might say, to our front door. Like, I'm sorry, but this is it, it's such a good summation. They are actually right here. It's like, multiculturalism fail. No, this is multiculturalism. This is not failing. This is reality. This was the plan. And if uh, the, the, I suppose they're putting it in the phraseology of like the, the plan of, oh, we'll just all get along has failed. Yeah, because it was stupid to begin with. If we with. all have access to the same variety of cuisine, then all of a sudden conflict evaporates. Ah, oh, yes. Israel-Palestine, they've been trying to kill each other for a long time. They've never got along. Until Abbas over here, he found out that um, they share falafels. And now they're both best friends, I'm sure. All we needed was a cookbook. They, they both have an aversion to pork. <laughs> Finally, no more brother wars. Yeah, no, it's not what's happening. And this lady is my um, character of the day. My, 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 just my new favorite rescue animal of uh, the world. And I, I say that we referred to people like that before. The journalists who are like, whoa, whoa, hang on a minute. They, they always find something new. They're so, they're so uh, terrified to figure out what everyone's been telling them. So this lady here, she can see Ukrainian flag. She decided to uh, go down, as she says. Pay her respects to the Israeli embassy. Was, pay your respects to it? I thought... Pay res- I, like I a assume. wailing wall or something? <laughs> <laughs> I never realized how she phrased that. It's kind of weird. I, pay respects to the dead at the Israeli embassy, all right? No, I imagine, yeah. Pay my respects to the Israeli embassy. <laughs> I'm laughing because I don't know what else to do to that. That's just weird. Um, I was unable to get very far. Terrifying. And she posts a bunch of uh, pro-Palestinian protesters and whatnot here. And as you can see, it's rather blew up. Six million views there on some lady's account. Because uh, she says, oh, I didn't feel safe. I tried speaking to a few protesters and making the point that it was totally inappropriate. <laughs> Diversity is our strength. <laughs> Sorry, but that is such a rescue animal thing to do. Oh, yeah. Don't you know it's inappropriate to wave Palestinian flags? And I, mean, I, I, I tell you what I saw that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm losing it. Because I, I, saw, I saw some really good... <laughs> 
I saw some really good contrasting posts of. <laughs> right, we'll give them uh, give them a moment, guys. I saw some really fantastic contrasting posts of um, I think I, what's his name, David Wiseman, something like that, of Jewish leftists from mid twenty twenty saying saying, I support BLM no matter what. In fact, I might buy myself a shirt and then immediately after the BLM Chicago post going, you know what? Maybe the right were right about BLM. Hold on a minute. <laughs> oh no, now it's affecting <laughs> me? I love, oh no. Well, I love like Israelis over here. No one's coming. The Israeli staff. And then she's like, well, I tried to tell them it was inappropriate. For some reason, they Guys, just... <laughs> guys, guys, can't we all just settle down? <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but you stop are... waving those flags, please. You're triggering me. You are the most rescue of rescue animals. I mean, you're kind of like when your girlfriend texts you about being like, uh, "Babe, what's going on with Israel Palestine?" You just say, "Just go back to bed. Just, just, just scroll down for me, because uh, Kunli's uh, put an oops here." Yeah. What fact, did she uh, say on October sixth? Good to hear, Prime I'm Minister. Gonna get to it, in fact, because it's, it's. Oh, okay, all right. I, I love I fucking. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> There's loads of other people just being like, yeah, well, duh. Because she uh, has done some previous oh, tweets. here we go. So this is from October. Good to hear pri the Prime Minister say that multiculturalism is something to be proud of. Just to remind you what that looks like. Yep. There we are. Uh, proud to be uh, immigrants. Immigrant families often exhibit conservative morals. <sighs> yes, they do. Yes. yes, they do, Bella. Conservative <laughs> to their personal culture. Big shock. And a sense of communal solidarity. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes, they do. Here's some solidarity going on right here. There's a look at this. The Turks, you got the the Moroccans, you got the the Iranians, so you got the whole Arab world. What it what it turns out is that conservatism actually takes different forms depending on what you're trying to conserve, depending on your identity, where you're from. They complement complements the party's stance on family values. Yeah, they do. Conservatives should I can't read it because it's camera. Stop bashing multiculturalism. Yeah, they stress family values. Like you could say, it's a big tent movement here. It's a it's a rather big tent. The Palestinian uh, movement. People who don't care. You can literally tell them about what Hamas have been doing in in the last couple of days. They don't care. They will never care. You you can tell them about the worst things Hamas have been. In. They do not give a damn because guess what? Um, I'm on this team. I have decided that the moral ones don't give a damn about your opinions. And if you turn up and try and explain to them, wasn't it a bit inappropriate? And I, and I, 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 I'm sorry, but you're such a rescue animal. I do not want this on my doorstep. And I don't, I don't want to get too much into the whole, you know, the, the actual conflict that's going on there. But I what know, do you do with her? Yeah, I, I know for a fact that I've seen people suggesting that what needs to happen, and I do have a bad feeling that this will be what happens, which is they, Israel says, we need to get rid of all of the Palestinians. We're going to throw out all of the Palestinians and then our country and European country get to that in a minute, your prediction. Yeah, will say, great, now we can accept all of these Palestinians. Let's send them all to Bella's house. No, no. Uh, well, we'll send them just to London in general, shall we? Yep. Uh, I wonder what that will result in. We I don't know. Probably something like this. Probably, probably something as in like diversity on the streets. And Owen day. Jones can be shocked. What do you mean this place used to be Jewish and now it's Muslim? There's no difference. She's also, uh, not just in case of like, oh, I just love conservative immigrants. She, she just wants more, as we can see here. We need more immigrants and more houses. For who? Well, the more immigrants, obviously. Both are key economic growths. So, 
no, no, that's no, that's no, not even slightly true. Housing demand from immigration shouldn't lead to higher prices if enough houses are built. Oh, great. We'll just literally tarmac the whole country then because you know what this country belongs to? Everyone else. Y- you know, Rory looked into it yesterday and he showed me an image that he'd got, which was they said that they were... Uh, have you got it? No, I'm going to bring up because she says here, like, uh, during the post-war period, we just built more houses. Complete bollocks. This is the thing I was going to promote. Sorry, oh, yeah. Rob. No, go on. Literally, brokenomics, house prices, Dan did a thing. It's a very good thing. Like, I, I'm only halfway through, and I want to say a thank you letters to these two chaps for coming on. Like, the uh, data in the history is just like, no, we did not build enough houses, even then. What the hell are you talking about? Sorry. Well, yeah, uh, Rory was looking into it, and the government, I think, has pledged currently, they, they won't hit these targets, but they've pledged to build about 340,000 houses every single year. And Rory looked and said, okay, if you were going to try and pave over the sort of area needed for that, how what would it look like? And it was literally the space in the Midlands and the southwest, southeast, between London and Birmingham would be entirely paved over for that. Great. Just so that we can accept more... Not op- for us. Yeah. Just so it's we never can. for us. It's never for the people who live So we here. can accept more of these fellows. From London to Manchester, we can see this. Fantastic. Won't that make the world better, Bella? I, I, I'm sorry, but there's like such an embarrassing individual. And the, the thing is, like you think I'm trying to pick on her, it's not. It's it's her opinions are stupid. But the, the, she's un- a, she's a uncommon. Common perspective. The fact that she's uncommon, uncommon about all this is is just mad. I just, Don't call it the grave. It's the future you chose. We are trapped in the belly of this horrible machine, and the machine is bleeding to death. It didn't have to end like this. You could have prevented this. You only had to listen. Thank you, big man Tyrone. Coming in with the win every time. A warning from the future. He's not the only one. Uh, Constantine Kisson's been pointing out, you know, a lesson from this you could learn. You know, if you're big on the conflict, one thing you can definitely learn is, you know, multiculturalism, that kind of has been failing for a long time. We can see here the Manchester Arena bomber, I believe it is. Or his, uh, I, I can't read the full description because I, I can't. Uh, Manchester bomber Salman Abedi, far right, attends a rally in London organized by the Palestine Solidarity Campaign, of which Jeremy Corbyn is a patron. For some reason, he then went on to do what he did because he's inspired by the fundamentals of Islam, yep. which is called fundamental Islamism. Anyway, let's see a, a difference, shall we? So Celtic FC over here, Free Palestine. Great. I, Thank you, Scotland. What's that going to do with, with Glasgow? I mean, I remember when I went to Northern Ireland and saw the Irish Republican side where they have these loads of Palestine stuff. And then you go to the, the English side or whatever and you see all the or the Unionist side, and you see all this Israeli stuff. And I just looked at it and went, I have nothing in common with either of you. Yeah, this why, is what you talk about. Why do you have... It's, I think it's because, and I've seen people explain this, and I think it's quite a good description of why people are pinning their, pinning their allegiance to one side or the other, is that because of the fact in the West, we are so bereft of allowed... Similarly with Ukraine, we don't get our own nationalism. You're taught from a very, very... Yeah, you've got taught from a very young age that if you have any sort of pride towards your own group, that that's the most evil thing that you can do. But you still have an innate desire to pin your allegiance to a side. So you see something else going on halfway across the world, well, I guess I'm going to pick one of them sides then. Unlike Poland, who, uh, uh, Ligia Warsaw here, just pulled out a banner that said zero tolerance to immigrants. I got to say, I think their sporting culture is a bit more, um, well, in their own interest. Yep. So let's just end this off with, here you go. This is, uh, I believe, in, what is this? Durban Performing Arts Center, somewhere in America, I think it is. Average American concerns, I'm sure. Again, I'm sure every America first individual is is massively obsessed with this. Nick Fuentes is in that crowd. 
who knows? <laughs> but he's, uh, she's not the only one as well. You can see it internationally. So this is uh, Lauren Chen posting here. You've got the immigration Actually, minister. To be fair, he probably would be. For, uh, I believe, what is this? Is this Canada? I think it's Canada. Anyway, so I to tweet out here that he's disgusted and ashamed to see these scenes in Montreal of people wearing Palestinian flags um, because they're glorifying death and terror in Montreal, the city I love and represent. Hamas is a terrorist organization. No one blah, blah, blah. This blah, blah. really does. He's really annoyed. But then again, you're the minister for immigration. And this is what you tweet on a daily basis. This, this really does have the teaching the immigrants not to rape women vibes, doesn't it? It, it has that same energy to it. What do you mean the foreign world is foreign? Oh my God. I mean, we're actually dealing with uh, like rescue dogs or children level of intelligence here on a daily basis when it comes to the immigration debate. This is probably why nothing ever happens in the West because it, it, there's just too many stupid people when it comes in to In positions subject. of influence and, and power. But also the cities. I mean, that's where the power is usually, the capital cities. Yep. And because they've been so evacuated of normal people, the people who are left are either just like, what if I just explain to them how Palestine shouldn't be protesting here in front of the well, it, embassy? Or, or actual just like, if you want I don't to, know, shills? If you want a good example of it, there was a video clip that came from Fox News a few weeks ago that a load of leftists on Twitter was really celebrating of them going, the reporter was walking around saying, Here's the crime statistics. Here's the things that I've seen that are going wrong. There's massive homeless encampments. And all of the people that they were interviewing, because Seattle, I assume, like you're saying, with most of the cities has been evacuated of sensible people who don't want to have to put up with urban decay on their day-to-day -day business, saying things like, I've never seen any crime around here. One woman went, crime is a social problem that will be solved by giving people their basic needs. Never works, never has worked. No more democracy then. They've tried it for generations and it's never once worked that way. It turns out crime is a, is a function of people's incentives and behavior, not, uh, not necessarily the fact that they have too much or too little. And then third one, the, the third woman was basically just making excuses where the guy said, well, you know, I drove past the gigantic homeless encampment and saw loads of people shooting up. And she went, oh, you've been, you were driving in your car. They were bothering you so much. Well, yeah, I, what about the people who don't have a car to drive in who have to walk past that? What about the people who do get mugged? What about the fact? What about that you, just it's a problem? Yeah. What about the fact that the people are literally killing themselves, shooting up in drugs in the middle of the street? Why does that not bother you? But, I just, but that's I, the attitude these people adopt. But getting back to the subject, like, I can't get over this. He's sitting here boasting about bringing forty thousand Afghan refugees to Canada, as you can see there, and then it's like, hang on a minute. What do you mean these people support Palestine? I mean, like, you, I, I don't know what to do with that person. I, I, I think suppose. just, I, I mean, it, it is the meme every time. Me sewing. Haha, -ha, F yes, and then me reaping. Oh, this sucks. I, I, th I think part of the reason for it is the fact that on these people, it's purely about just the aesthetics of the fact that I am better than you, and I, I am willing to let myself get shanked in the street by the diversity as long as it makes me know that I'm not as intolerant as th those evil rightoids. That's anyway, where the spirit comes from. To end this off, just because of time, we can see Paul Joseph Watson here making the point. England football is still taking the knee for this. Mm -hmm. BLM Chicago. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's gone. Yeah. But there you are. BLM Chicago just tweeting, I stand with Palestine with a guy in a glider and a Palestinian flag. Uh, obviously referencing the guys who came in on paragliders to kill people. Community so, notes. To the win. Yeah. The ADL, though, my favorite one, because you can see the tweet there from BLM. And then the ADL went with white supremacist leaders are celebrating Hamas. Yeah, the white supremacists that run Black Lives Matter, huh? Yeah, truly, truly, 
the worst people. Thank you, ADL. You are such a neutral and unbiased and nuanced organization. Yeah. And this goes on. You see another Black Lives Matter group. This is uh, Black Lives Matter grassroots. Just immediately responding. So the Black Lives Matter guerrilla fighters saying, hey, we're taking some notes from this. That's good to know. Well, I mean, the the Black Panthers were a thing. I don't Mm -hmm. don't know how much terrorism they got up to in the end. but Uh, Well, actually, uh, I think I've I've not read it, but I own it. There's a book called Days of Rage. And from the early 1970s to the mid-1970s, I think there was about uh, 1,200 domestic terror bombings committed by organizations like the Black Panthers. Right. Yeah. But the whole reason I go over this, I mean, I saw this. This is a terror alarm over here, who is an AI-generated account, apparently, talking pa- about apparently, yeah. whether the, the Europe must accept 3.5 million Palestinian refugees to get rid of them. Uh, pa- Palestinian. Pa- Pali-Italian. Pa- Pali-Italian. We, we need to get some more Pali-Italians. <laughs> send them all to Sicily. <laughs> but you can see here, like, Twitter knows it's like, well, it's AI-generated news. But it keeps happening on this account it as well. It doing it. We just deport them all to Europe, says uh, the former commander. It's, it's interesting. There's a division that's like, uh, it's interesting that this is what it defaults to. This is, I think, this yeah. is whether it's AI generated or not. It shows that the attitudes of Western elites might as well be AI generated because the default answer to everything is send brown people to Europe. But to use it as a prediction tool as well, because it seems the future could be just predicted by AI. Uh, if if the, the end of that conflict is that millions of Palestinians are sent to Europe instead of the Muslim world, there is no point to the West if we can't yeah. refuse that. And frankly. If that is what happens, good luck in the cities. We should honestly just wall off the capitals and be like, you know what? You vote for this. You enjoy it. We in the countryside did not and want nothing to do with it. Remember, if that does happen, they are too violent and too extremist for the the Israelis to have to put up with. But if you say anything of the sort in the UK, you'll get arrested for a hate speech crime. In the UK, don't look back in anger. Would you ever say that to the Israelis? In the video comments. Hello. Sorry about oh. the Monday, not you guys, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, sorry that we're here right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry we're not all in bed right now. Together, just like, just having a lie in. Sorry, what? <laughs> I'm just clarifying to make sure people don't misinterpret my words. <laughs> well, I think I was perfectly clear. Let's go to the next one. We keep the wall between us as we go, to each the boulders that have fallen to each, in summer loaves and some so nearly balls. Oh, just another kind of outdoor game, one on a side, it comes to little more. There, where it is, we do not need the wall. He is all pine and I am all apple orchard. My apple trees will never get across and eat the cones under his pines, I tell him. He only says, good fences make good neighbors. Excellent quote. Very true. Don't call it a grave. It's the future. Wait, why, why is Big Man Tyrone come back? What's going on, Scott? Uh, I think uh, one of the players is all they're playing yeah. again. <laughs> Sorry about that. Hearing Big Man Tyrone <laughs> with the 28 Days Later music in the background. Oh, God. Good fences make good neighbors. It is a grave. <laughs> the next one. So here in Australia, we'll be voting um, on Saturday the 14th for the Vote to Parliament campaign. Uh, which is a, a referendum in which I'll be voting no. Mostly because it is a subjugation between Aboriginals and non-Aboriginals in the Australian Parliament. The thing is, a lot of people don't understand what this uh, referendum is actually even about. This has led to the Yes campaigners, the people who have arbitrated for the voice to Parliament, calling these people idiots and racists, despite the fact that they haven't even told them what will change in the Constitution of Australia. 
Yes, from what I've read into it, it's literally going to be that if this says yes, you'll get an ABO advisory board behind every decision that Parliament makes, which just, again, sounds like another mafia shakedown. That's what all of these, all of these initiatives, all of these pr uh, pr uh, programs to promote diversity is just a different form of mafia shakedown every single time. Good luck, Australians. Yeah. The M1 Grands used in World War II by the Americans were chambered in 30-06. And this M1 Grand that I bought is chambered in 308. It's a slightly smaller bullet that is commonly used for hunting and stuff. And so in this video, I'm greasing and oiling all of the components. It took me about a half hour to do that. And I didn't have a proper brush to apply the grease with, so I had to improvise by rolling up uh, cleaning patches. There's any American viewers watching who's got an M1 Grand and, and is willing to let me borrow it for an afternoon to film a video. I have a video idea for that, actually. American gun culture looks like such a fun hobby. That's great. I really want it. Should we go to the written comments? <clears throat> we shall indeed. So, on um, the Lord of Cabal, Phil Rigby says, Glad to hear Miles is alive. You need to get him on again and go over what happened while he was in captivity. It's up to him. Uh, Mason Royce says, Glad to hear Mars is alive, but I'm a little uneasy about the fact that he is starting to glorify the Taliban. Um, I don't know if he's glorifying them. He's always just been like, well, you know, they're in charge, they're humans. Because I mean, this is a thing I made in my own video about Afghanistan. Regardless of what you think about the Taliban, I mean, funnily enough, there's a few policy points we don't agree on. It doesn't matter. Like, when you go to a foreign country, you are a guest there. And if you think, I disagree with the politics here, so now I'm going to make a huge deal about it. Largely, that's a waste of time and kind of stupid. Unless you're in a Western country. You, you... Uh, unless you're in a place in which there's a better alternative, it can be done and is just something that you know needs support or time, right? But with Afghanistan, the only two factions there, so, I mean, if you've got a ballot, if there actually was a vote, is ISIS or the Taliban. There is no liberal feminist blah, blah, blah. That obviously was exterminated. That was gone. Uh, that was something that was imposed on them. There's no, you know, bring back the royal family party. So, you know, that's my vote gone. So you, that, are you going to vote for ISIS or are you going to vote for the Taliban? Well, the Taliban will run the country under Sharia and yeah, they'll be Islamic and in the strictest uh, sense, but they won't be ISIS who literally just kill everyone who's not them, which... Yeah, there is actually a difference between them. I know that will be a shock. It was a bit of a shock for me too. The, 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 the tolerance being demonstrated there is a difference in degrees. It's not stark black and white, but like you say, if there's a difference between the one that won't kill everybody and the one that will kill everybody, if that's the only decision you've got to make, it's pretty clear where I would go with. Yeah. I mean, like, a lot of the people I met, including obviously myself, ISIS would kill, whereas the Taliban are happy to just let us operate as long as we stay within the law and it's their law. I was like, okay, well, I, I think it's an important. You're in charge. What am I going to do? It's an important point that you bring up as well. That when you visit a foreign country, you're a guest there. If you decide that everybody there has to bend to your cultural ways of doing things, you're essentially acting no different than all of the migrants who come over here and say that we need to adapt everything about us. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the biggest failures that we've gone over of uh, um, that American lady we, we covered once. She she went to Europe and she had a stopover in Iceland. She stayed for a couple of days and she went to some uh, guy who was selling antiques. And she found a guy that was selling Confederate flag antiques. Oh, yeah. And she made a big post about it and whined about it to his face. And he just looked at her and went, you're not in America. And this is something... You're in Iceland. That... <laughs> Iceland couldn't it's... be less connected to but that whole conflict. Regardless of that, it's something you do need to learn um, that I've learned while traveling, which is just... You, you 
it, it's really weird to turn up as a foreigner and then start being like, wow, my opinion on this is you shouldn't be allowed. That whole culture is really foreign and disgusting to most countries on Earth. Yeah. Even Iceland here, where you turn up and be like, no confederacy. Or something. Bugger off. And Iceland, having been there myself, is one of the friendliest cultures that you can go to visit. They're all really accommodating, very friendly people. They're really high trust society. So don't go in there. You don't go into somebody else's house, start stomping and making a fuss and making demands of the people who own it. But it's also just really stupid on the side. I mean, like, um, you know, Iceland never enslaved a single black person, for one. They're not going to anytime soon. So they mainly enslaved Christians. Like, your, your ideological concern makes no sense whatsoever. I suppose it's sort of... Well, I mean, the Japanese did side with the Nazis, actually. I was going to say, it's kind of like the Japanese and their, like, Hitler chic that they had for a while, where it's like, oh, yeah, this SS uniform looks really cool. And you're like, do you know anything about the Holocaust? They're like, what's that? Never mind then, I suppose. I and mean, I'm not going to disagree <laughs> that, yeah, the chic is actually... The, the, the aesthetics of the outfits, you can't deny that. It's it's striking to say the least, but it's cool. You're gonna go full Kanye West on us? I'm not gonna go full Kanye West. You got a net under the under the <laughs> thing. You're gonna bring out. I'm gonna go chasing you. But the, the, my point Zionist being, Zionist chill. <laughs> my, my point being, it's um, I don't think Miles it, is glorifying them. I think that that worry is is not the case. But to be honest, I get the worry. Don't get me wrong. It's just that in per country, you really do need to make an assessment. I feel, and with Afghanistan. The only alternative is ISIS, and, and they will kill him, me, and, and all of us watching. So, yeah. yeah. Be careful when you do go around other places and start making demands of them, because in the Middle East, you might just get yourself shot. Yeah. I, I mean, don't turn up and be like, well, you know, I think Israel's in the right. I mean, just don't. <laughs> you're not going to change anything. If, if you're a billionaire and you turned up, you're not going to change anything. So, we, we work with the power we have, which is literally one vote in a Western country where the vote doesn't really matter. Yeah. So, that's. Uh, Right. <laughs> Such a positive spin on that. <laughs> yes, truth. George Hap says, uh, very happy that Miles is alive and well. There should be another interview with Callum, the reunion of the legendary. Yeah. Uh, Frank Reynolds says, idiots on the internet insisted Miles was dead despite what Callum, Dankula, and the foreign office were saying. Once this was proven false, the same idiots have shifted to, he was never in Afghanistan. Have they? <laughs> have they actually? I've not seen that. That's amazing. Oh, someone needs to send me examples. I mean, to be, to be fair, to be clear, I mean, this is like a very small group of people, but they, uh, you check them and you're like, this isn't a troll account. This is actually a human being. And you just think, oh, what is wrong with you? I think uh, pe people will tag us in it anyway, but somebody please tag me and Callum in one of those uh, because that would be just funny to laugh at. Yeah. We'll move on I to mean, to be fair, if he was hang uh, hiding out in Birmingham, what, what, what real difference would there be from being in Afghanistan for eight months? Oh, way less. Way, way less than people think. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, but I don't know how we, we say that, and it's always kind of a meme. It's like, this is just like Kabul. It, it is. It's exactly like Kabul. People, not, it shouldn't be funny that we say that. No, like the, peop the people think, like, if you went to Kabul, you would find sand everywhere and camels or something. It's like, they don't even have sand. They have dust. I mean, the, the conceptions of what life is like in the Middle East are obviously so cartoonish in, in your life before you go there. Uh, and think about it. And it's like, no, the chicken shops are literally the same. The clothing is exactly the same as it is in Birmingham. You go to the airport. The, the wudu is there as well in the toilets. You know what wudu is? I have no idea. To enlighten me. If you lived in Birmingham, you would, because it's, uh, it's the place, the toilets, you got to clean yourself before you pray. This is why I've never been to Birmingham. But I've never lived in Birmingham. I've been to Birmingham, but I've never lived there. But it's, and people are shocked. And we can discuss about the quality of Birmingham tomorrow, Radsal, <laughs> when we talk about the best and worst British cities. Yeah, when people say it's just like this place in the Middle East, they're, they're way more factually correct. They're not really joking. It's, 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 that's the terrifying part, really. 
God, so, nothing working. On mine, a man who thinks about the Roman Empire based says, nothing is working because the money intended for such projects go to those who audit and monitor said projects. Ah, reminds me of the good old days. Despite government and bureaucratic corruption, things still got done. Oh, Rome, you left us too soon. Yeah. I know that, that's the thing as, uh, as well. Is it, at the end of the day, whether something is public or private, what really matters is the quality of the people who you put in charge of a project. Like if you still had everything publicly owned, but the people who were in charge of it were the absolute best quality you could get for it, you'll still get things done. The fact is, we've got the worst of both worlds where public already gives people perverse incentives for the way that they do things. Uh, but we also have that perverse incentive being malformed even further by the fact that we've got the worst possible people in charge of all of our projects. What 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 have you seen? I can't. Yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Um, the group chat with Miles. It's, it's... Tantalize me, why don't you? Sorry. <laughs> Shaker Silver. Something missed in diversity quotas is that it's not for the sake of any minorities genuinely disadvantaged. It's just a process to undermine meritocracy in private and public institutions to allow the elite to select more of their own to join their ranks. Yeah. Sophie Liv. I know the solution to this. Oh, great. Tell us. More female prison guards. Ah, that works so well against these big, violent male prisons. What we obviously need in that case is a greater parity in the gender of prisoners as well. I think we need to start randomly arresting more women to make sure that we get those parities up. Here under arrest, what for? Equality legislation. <laughs> for being a whammon. Oh. I, I always knew that would come back to bite me. Zombie Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, throwing racist slurs from beyond the grave. Epic duty you're doing there. As usual, sounds like the family unit has fallen apart, although that happened a while, a while ago. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I think this is regarding the schools, the people not going back to school. No, the, the, the name. Yeah, that. That, that might be more. Sounds like something that. he's doing. Okay. Sounds like something uh, Philip would do. God, I miss him. Usually, if the state fell apart, children will have the family unit to fall back on, but the left decided to get rid of that and replace it with the state. Now that the state is going down, this will have a, a detrimental impact on children, which will end in a generation of violent simpletons. Possibly. Well, you are right that the state, uh, the family unit has fallen apart a bit. So when, when all of a sudden the state steps back from it, the people who are left who are the family don't know how to operate as a family properly anymore. So you end up with lots of problems. Ethelstan95. Seems like a lot of these problems with failing institutions stem from bureaucrats passing off responsibility onto those god-awful organizations like Serco and G4S, whether it be prisons or migrant facilities, probably. If something is nationalized, authorities should not be able to pass the book onto private contractors, spend the proper money and get the job done properly, or lose your job in government. God, that, once again, that would be a good thing if the government was run by people who actually cared about the quality of the projects that they were doing, not just the quantity, both in terms of how much money that they can funnel to themselves and their friends of the projects, things would actually get done. Le French of Kabul. If that makes you feel any better in the UK isn't alone where everything falls apart, I haven't heard of any Western countries where this isn't the case to some extent. Communist-style concrete blocks are the worst in that regard, but other important infrastructures such as bridges are in a very bad state. That's always good to know. That's always really good to know And the bridges, you know, this might be the last time you get to drive over them because it could just collapse under your feet. Bon Goon... <laughs> Bongoon the first. I don't know why that name made me laugh. Finally, someone is addressing the roads as an ex-longboarder skateboard. The roads in the north are abysmal. Yeah, absolutely. Most of the south, the pavement and roads are gleaming in comparison. To be fair, that's just how bad the north is. Yeah, that is just how bad the north is because the roads down here aren't that much better. But you are right. In a lot of towns, 
I always use my hometown, Crewe, for instance. The roads are in a constant state of being closed off so that they can have be paved back over and then they close and they open them. And three months later, the same road is closed off again for the same reconstruction work. They just don't do a good job when they do try and fix these things. Absolutely terrible. Pathetic. Rue the day. I realize that this requires effort and determination, but I imagine children might go to school if they felt like it had some type of point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, if, the, if you felt like you were getting something useful out of the schools, like an education. Yeah, maybe we should add um, financial advice to the curriculum or how to pay taxes and avoid taxes. Yeah, or even just a cultural education that gave children something they could be proud of rather than decolonized studies that make you hate the place that you're from. You know the best thing I did have at school that I think is fantastic? Oh, go on, yeah. And it would make uh, people more inclined. Is the the options thing that we did? I know not Americans don't get to do this. Oh well, that option K. I don't know what that is. That's what it was in my school. Carry on. Right. It's uh, basically just when you get to year nine, they're like, yeah. So what do you want to drop? I'm like, yes, art, <laughs> English. Get rid of it. It's pointless. That was that was good for me as well. I think I carried on to B Tech music, English, geography, and um, triple science. I stayed on with triple science. The ability to drop more things and to do it sooner, so you can actually focus on what your passion is and what you're good at. So useful. Also, very, very useful. It starts to treat you with some agency where it's like, maybe you should, you know, try and focus on something in life. And it means you actually have a, a goal. I mean, like, I, I dropped the stuff to do more sciences when I got to college, dropped even more stuff to do more sciences. I was like, yeah, no, I'm good at science. Went to university, did, did physics. Like, it actually works to actually make you think that this is worthwhile. So. Yeah. The, the, my problem with that part, uh, point in my life was that I was actually really good at science. I was, it was one, it, all, th all three of the triple science was my best class. I got full marks on a few of the exams. I was really good at it, but I found it really boring. So I didn't carry it on into college just because, you know, yeah, I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic at this, but it's dull as dishwater. I want to learn about Shakespeare, damn it. And then I didn't even, uh, English in college was okay. I've not heard that before. Dull as dishwater. Have you not heard that phrase? No. Is that, is that just a Northern thing? Maybe. I'm going to start using that. Yeah, it's a really good phrase. I really I've been like trying it. to pick up more and more British phrases and using them in my language. Yeah, I want to try to cut out the Americanisms from my manner of speech as well. I don't care about that. I just like the weird ones. I just think they're funny. Well, dull as uh, dishwater. There's one for you. Yeah. So California refugee, not going to school is better than pedos grooming them into chopping off body parts and reading porn. That's why I'm very conflicted about this because I also have those concerns. Let's go on to the last few comments, though, before we get... But honey, time. if Timmy doesn't go to school, how's he going to meet pedophiles? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, bleh. <laughs> uh, okay, well, uh, the French of Kabul says, why is the UK leaving pro-Palestinian protests alone? In France, we, don't, uh, we disallow them and disperse them if they dare to try. Some arrests have also been made. One leftist party is also investigated for an apology for terrorism following comments on the Hamas attack. Um, well, in the UK, you're allowed to fly Palestinian flags. They're not a prescribed group. It's if you support Hamas. But there's um, the government currently, I think Swella Braveman mentioned this. She's doing it in a most, like, blunt instrument way possible. Because, of course, these people are celebrating the Hamas attacks. I mean, what else West are Bank, they celebrating? Well, the West Bank hasn't done anything. So how are you celebrating them exactly? So obviously you are. So she's trying to make the law now that if you fly a Palestinian flag under certain conditions, then that's also a crime because Hamas is a prescribed group, so we'll charge you with a terrorism act. You know, I can see an argument there. Uh, a lot of people on the right are very worried this will come back to be used on us. for Same, same like prevent. 
I, I um, I'm not so worried about that because it already is used on us like that. So th this is really just an expansion of how they already treat us treating them. So I'm not worried. But yeah, the, it's all live in the UK. It's not good. Like, come yeah. on, we're all we're all familiar with how bad our government is to us. I just want to get Geordie Swordsman's comment here. Uh, what is it? Do you want to read it? Sure. I don't think the leopard would eat my face. Statement from face-eating leopard party voter. Yeah, he's a wonderful guy. He's uh... <laughs> The leopard was so kind to me before. Why is it eating my face now? Uh, all right. So, okay. I... <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sorry, Pete's just writing something there that was for internal use. Um, I'll mention, I'll just end this off with, if you want to contact Miles, he's, you know, he's out there. He'll probably be a bit busy for a couple of days doing his things. And, Negotiating um, money. The thing I was laughing in the group chat is is one of the people um, close to the situation in response has decided to get approved for an Afghan tourism visa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he just got it back in the mail approved. So, oh. Godspeed. That's uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye bye.